I want to share the little thought that God has put in my heart for all of us tonight. It comes from the book of Daniel in the Old Testament, uh, chapter 6. Let me read to you the first five verses. It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were not able to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. Let me pause there now, and then we'll read on in a moment. So as we've just read, the king set up this structure so that economically, financially, if you will, governmentally, everything would uh, work precisely as it ought to so that he would not suffer any loss. Uh, and Daniel was one of the men uh, that he set up as an administrator. Uh, and notice that in the king's eyes, Daniel distinguished himself above the other administrators and satraps. Uh, the, a satrap was simply a governor. So think of the word governor when you look at the word satraps. So they were all of these governors and there were three administrators over the governors and Daniel distinguished himself above all of them to the measure that the king decided, I'm going to put Daniel in charge of the entire nation. That's how much he distinguished himself. Uh, and that word distinguished, it just simply means uh, to, to be separated by differences. So there was a vast difference in how Daniel conducted himself uh, to the measure that the king saw it and decided that he was going to put Daniel in charge of everything. Even Daniel's political enemies acknowledged what distinguished him from all the rest, these exceptional qualities. They, they looked in there and they checked out his background, they checked out the work, and they realized this guy is trustworthy. We are not going to find, we have not been able to find any corruption. He's not made any shady, shady deals on the side. He's not done anything underneath the table, so to speak. We, we haven't found a thing and we're not going to find anything because he's a trustworthy man. 
And they also realized that, that he was diligent in the fact that he was not negligent. They never found him just lying, lolling around and they never saw him just taking it easy and neglecting his duties. They always found him on point, doing exactly what the king had instructed him to do it, the way the king wanted it done, so that they realized that we are not going to find anything that we can use against Daniel. To that measure, he had distinguished himself, which means that the other guys realized people could find stuff in our life. Uh, we are not squeaky clean like Daniel is. Daniel distinguished himself. Now, because of that, his political enemies realized we are, when it comes to Daniel's life and the way he conducts himself in business, we're not going to find anything. It's going to have to be something that we find with respect to his religion. And so they went to the king, and unbeknownst to the king, this was a plot. They, they told the king, king, we've been thinking about this, and here's what we feel you should do. We want you to make a new decree that everyone for the next 30 days is to pray only to you. And anyone who prays to any other God except you should be killed. And so the king, whose ego was obviously massaged, said, yeah, that sounds like a good plan to me. Never realizing that Daniel, because he was Hebrew, would not comply. And so this trap was sprung. And in this climate, Daniel once again distinguished himself by demonstrating that he had another exceptional quality. Look at verse 16. You see it come on the screen. So the king gave the order and brought Daniel and threw him into the lions. Then the king said to Daniel, may your God, whom you serve, continually rescue you. And then again in verse 20, when he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions. And so we find that now once another exceptional quality of Daniel was that he served God continually. Now, let me just rewind a moment. The king issues this decree. No one is to pray to any other God except to me for the next 30 days, otherwise they will be killed. Daniel Here's this decree, but the Bible tells us that Daniel goes to his home and he prayed. He opened his window, which is faced Jerusalem, and he prayed. Daniel had a, a, a habit that he would go to his home three times a day, and three times he would open up the window, he would kneel, and he would begin to cry out to God for the nation of Israel. And so hearing that it would cost him his life if he did so, Daniel still went home and served God continually. 
And the word continually just simply means there was, a, there was a constantly an enduring. In other words, under the threat of death, Daniel continued to serve God, to pray three times a day, every day. And of course, these satraps and administrators knew that Daniel would do that. And so they go to the king and say, hey, didn't you issue this decree that anyone who prayed to any other God except you would be killed? Daniel didn't listen to your decree. We caught Daniel praying. And so the king, realizing that these guys had entrapped him, tried to rescue Daniel but see, the decree had already been made and the king's word cannot be repealed. And so he had no choice but to throw Daniel into the lion's den. And they sealed the, the opening with the king's ring and the, all the administrators uh, put their seal on it so that uh, no one would dare take this top off, the seal off, and let, and let Daniel escape. Well, the next morning, the king couldn't sleep that whole night. And the next morning, he got up there and he cried out, as we just read, Daniel, has the God whom you serve continually been able to rescue you from the lions? And Daniel answered back, oh, king, I'm here. I'm paraphrasing now, is it? Check this out, king. I'm still here. My God, he closed the mouth of the lions. And so I'm fine, king. And the king was so ecstatic and happy, he ordered Daniel to be lifted out of the pit. And then he ordered all the administrators to be thrown into the pit. And the Bible says before they hit the bottom of the pit, the lion obviously jumped up and grabbed them and crushed them and killed them instantly. And then we find that in verse 22 of chapter, excuse me, 28 of chapter 6, so Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Because Daniel distinguished himself, God not only delivered him from the lions, but as we have just read, God prospered him as well. Let me make this little connection to us here tonight. I don't think anyone could dispute the fact that we are living in a charged atmosphere. And by that I mean, because of the pandemic, we know that, uh, Tempers are, are flaring. People have no patience any longer for, for being sheltering in place. People have uh, anger issues because either they've lost their job, they've lost their business, whatever the case might be. There's all kinds of issues rising up right now in our atmosphere because of the pandemic. Uh, there is, without question, political strife like we've never seen before happening and people are being 
pressured to join a specific side. Otherwise, they're, they're ostracized or they're looked upon as an enemy. We have social strife uh, uh, with all of the issues that are happening uh, with law enforcement issues and other, other, otherwise. We have one thing after another, and it's created this climate, this spiritual climate that tests, that tries the conviction of believers. We are living in a time of great testing. And in this atmosphere, God is looking for a people who will distinguish themselves. A people who will be separated from all others by their exceptional qualities. I'm talking about a people who are trustworthy. You know, there are many ways that there could be corruption in our life. We can corrupt our convictions. Our convictions could become corrupt because we start uh, believing what should be uh, some social media or some social uh, issue that we uh, join in. And now the only problem with that is it seems right, but it goes contrary to God's word. And so we, we wind up being corrupted in our, in our beliefs and in our conviction because of the pressure to join, of the pressure to embrace this, the current trend of what's going on, where now more than ever before, everybody wants to know where everybody stands with all of these things. And we need to make sure that we become a distinguished people in that we are separated and we have this quality of, I do not stand for Republicans. I do not stand for Democrats. I do not stand for individuals or liberals. I do not stand for this. I stand for Jesus Christ and the gospel of Jesus Christ. The word of God is my foundation. And I will not allow myself, my spirit to become corrupted. I will not allow my testimony to become corrupted. I want when you look into my life that you find there is no corruption in him. We can't get him to join a side. We can't get that person to come up, to come and be a part of what we are doing. Listen, and I, I want you to make sure you understand something. Am I talking against social media? Am I talking against uh, the political issues? Listen, I'm not talking about anything. uh, Against, uh, I'm simply saying this. As the children of God, we need to be distinguished. We need to be separate in how we conduct ourselves. We need to live with this exceptional quality that people can look at them and say, you see that man? That man is not political. He's a Christian. There's a big difference. Because you don't want to say somebody, that's a political Christian. That's a bad label to have. Because what that says is, you're a politician before you're a uh, Christian first. I'm a Christian. I believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe in the word of God. This is going to be how I'm going to conduct myself. I'm not going to allow my convictions to be corrupted by the trend that's all around me. Amen? Amen? talking about having these exceptional qualities of people who are diligent, who are not neglectful of their responsibilities. We live at a time where so many people are looking to get over and looking for the easy way. 
I think, not I think, I know without a shadow of a doubt, the people of God should be the best workers that any company ever has. We should be those that excel, that, that they, they can look at us and say, that guy is not, he may not be the smartest guy, but one thing he's not, he's not negligent in his duties. He makes sure he takes care of his responsibilities. He is dependable and trustworthy. Whatever you give him to do, he's going to take care of it, you see. Not looking to cut out, not looking to take shortcuts. We need to be a people who serve God continually. Again, we're in a, we're in a pressured society. Think about how easy it would have been for Daniel to say, God, you know what the decree is. And you know what I do every single day in my conviction. But I don't need to prove anything to anybody. So between you and me, God, I'm going to be on the down low. I'm going to be praying in my heart. He could have taken that position, but he didn't. He took the position as, I will not allow government to tell me how to serve God. I will not allow this king to dictate to me, to tell, make me look to pray to somebody else and not pray to my God. In other words, Daniel served God continually in that he was not swayed or threatened by the climate when it comes to serving the Lord. And in this day and age, more than ever before, brothers, God is looking for a people who will not be swayed by the climate. A people who will recognize, I understand it may not be politically correct, I understand it may not be popular, but I am going to lift up the name that's above every other name. I'm not going to shy back from declaring that everyone needs to put their faith in Jesus Christ because he is the only way. There are not multiple ways to God. There's only one way, and his name is Jesus, you see. Serve God continually. Now, here's the thing. Pastor Jason, if you would come back, please. Distinguishing yourself, which is what I just titled this simple thought tonight, it means living in such a way that others say this about you. In other words, did you notice, as we just read, Daniel never said anything about himself. The king recognized Daniel's distinguishing qualities, his exceptional qualities, and even his political enemies realized this is who he is. This is his, his testimony was not what came out of his own lips, but rather what came out of the lips of everyone around him. So when we're talking about distinguishing yourself, it's about living in such a way that this is what others say about you. Not what you say about yourself, but what others say about you. Being trustworthy and diligent and serving God continually. That's what positions us, by the way, to be delivered by God when we need deliverance. And that's what will put us in that place where God 
can bless us and will prosper. The road to prosperity is never compromise. See, sometimes we think if we, we'll, we'll be good and we'll be great, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll be blessed if we give in just a little, just compromise just a little bit, then we're okay and things will be good. No. The road to being prosperous and to be delivered when you need to is to distinguish yourself by the grace of God. Stand with me tonight.